Right, love, what do you want on this pizza then? Oh, um, I, I don't know. Just just a, a couple of uh, different toppings. Uh, do, do you have any suggestions? Well, you know, we've got uh, all sorts of things. You know, we'll have a look, see what you think. Uh, the things things I've played. Things you played, yeah. yeah we'll sprinkle something out on. Yeah, things things I've watched. Could we have a, yeah, a bit of a yeah. serving of that? There we go. Crunch some of that up. Um, maybe, maybe a serving of things I've listened to. Oh, nice, nice. Yeah, just a drizzle of that over yeah. the top. Yeah. Uh, then can we get two queer trans ladies, but just on one side? Queer trans ladies on sides. Yeah, I, th- I think that'll do. Uh, maybe some skits and some silly voices. Just a sprinkle of skits and silly voices. Yeah, lovely, sounds lovely. perfect. Sounds perfect. Yeah, about five minutes. Yeah, yeah. I'll just sit over there and... Oh, oh, newspapers are all terrible. I'll sit and stare out the window. Don't worry. We have those newspapers made specially. It's all just good news. Oh, thank you. Yeah, you know, don't want to depress people. Pizza! Happy! Greetings, strangers, queer and pleasant. I'm not Laura Cake Dale. And I'm not Jane Eris Magnet. And welcome to another episode of Queer and Pleasant Strangers. It's that podcast where two queer trans ladies do some silly skits and voices and talk about the things we've consumed media-wise in the week. How are you doing this media-based week? This media-based week, I'm 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 pretty good actually. Yeah, I'm sleepy. Yeah, we were both up very late last night for varying reasons. Mm-hmm. You were making music. That's I was music. getting very into the Binding of Isaac, and then I had opinions about things, and that's never a good recipe for going to bed. No, never never look at opinions at one in the morning. No. That's a bad time to have thoughts. Because uh, before you know it, it'll be like nearly two o'clock and you'll be reading a book on music theory in bed. Yeah. Be like, oh, it's 1.30 in the morning. This is the perfect time to record some audio for a video. Ooh. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I've got a video coming up. Uh, it will have been up on the Friday before this episode posts. Mm-hmm. If there's a bit near the end where I sound sleepier than the rest of the video, that's that bit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so should we start by talking about what we've played this week? Yes, let's. What about you? What you what you played? What, what you we played? played? Well, I, I played. We we played something separately. Uh, yeah, we both separately time. played the same thing as uh, each other. Devolverland Expo. Yeah. So should we give some context to what this was? Okay. I mean, that's in watched. We watched the Devolver di- uh, Direct. Yeah. We'll come back to that. We'll, we'll come back to it. It's it's Devolver doing their E3 Direct thing they do every year. Um, yeah. And the the ending of it was they released a game. Um, yeah, so Devolver Land Expo is a game set in a fake E3. I closed down. Uh, yeah, like E3 after hours, everyone's been kicked out and you're like, but I need to see those video game trailers and consume that marketing material. Mm-hmm. And you basically walk around with a t-shirt gun shooting security robots so that you can go see all those trailers. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and collecting bags and teacups. Yeah, so that you can see even more marketing material. Collect all the marketing material. It's it's Devolver doing that thing that they do very well, which is putting way too much time and effort into creating a ridiculous thing to go like, hey, hey, engage with our marketing, but in a fun, interactive way. And it works, because... Was it last year that they did demakes of a bunch of their own yes. games? Uh, like they, they go out of their way to be like, let's make a silly playable thing that makes you endeared to the Devolver brand, and it works. Yeah. I played a thing that required me to walk around and watch trailers I'd just seen in a press <laughs> conference, and I I was like, yep, yep, that's cool. I mean, even like forgetting that, the idea of like, hey, this is what these things would look like if they were in like a big event hall. Yeah. I believe it's got VR. 
as well? Uh, I believe so. Um, <coughs> yeah, because it, it's nice to have this idea of like, hey, what if a little indie game like Carrion could afford to have a full E3 booth where there is a giant alien Animatronic beast, yeah, alien beast thing that will actually like, grab one of the security robots and just it goes smash off. it against the wall. Mm, yeah. I feel safe. As, as someone that hasn't been to E3 in a couple of years, but has been to that, the LA Convention Center, which is this based on, yeah. like, it it very much captures the feel of that space. And, mm. like, if you wanted to make this a more re- authentic E3 experience, drop, like, a hundred thousand NPCs and try and wedge your way through this environment. But, like, otherwise, it felt very E3. They, they captured the feel of that space very well. Nice. Um, and, and, and in the way that I would have liked it. Yeah. Because there was no person there. Exactly. Um, oh, gosh. Um, the the one booth that is 100% accurate to E3 was the NVIDIA booth when you walk in, <laughs> because there is never anyone there. Why not? Uh, the NVIDIA booth at E3 is the place where you go when you, you're trying to meet up with people, because you know you can get there and wait there, and you will not get lost in a crowd if you are just stood on the corner of it. Do they not show anything there? Uh, they have people stood around being like graphics cards, and no one pays it any attention because there's like Breath of the Wild over there. That's fair. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was a surprisingly like playable game for a bit of marketing yeah. guff. It was alright. Yeah. I had fun. I enjoyed the, the carrying world, funnily enough. Yeah, funnily enough. Um, that game comes out in like a week and a half, and I'm sure you're excited about that. I'm very excited. Um, I was like, please be one of those, and it's live now. So, I mean, it, they were like, and it's out in under two weeks. I think there was is... a Steam page open going, is it going to start I mean, downloading? I, is it going to start downloading? I very much thought <laughs> it was a possibility. <laughs> yeah, I mean, from previous years when they've been like, and it's available now. Yeah, well, this Devolver Land Expo, I think, was there, yeah. and it's available now. Uh, fun fact, that is built on the gameplay engine for Shadow Warrior 3 that they showed off wow. during the thing. So, you know that cool like uh, slide move you can do to get under the lasers? Yeah. Uh, that is from Shadow Warrior 3, and that's where the shooting controls come from. So does that mean there'll be like a, a secret uh, t-shirt gun in, in Shadow I Warrior 3 so. now? But yeah, the... The, the the way they were able to make a thing that felt so polished is oh they reskinned a game they already have this is this is E three edition Shadow Even Warrior so, three they must have built like new stuff for oh, it oh god god yeah like if you watch the like look at the credits for that they put some people behind making yeah. it it's it's a free thing and it's I hope they weren't crunched yeah. I hope so uh yeah it's a it's a free playable game that shows you trailers for a bunch of Devolver games it's not a bad use of half an hour. Huh. I mean, my only problem with it is it doesn't hold the secrets between playthroughs. Yes, you have to find them all in one run and then backtrack to find the rooms that they apply to. Assuming you can backtrack. Yes. There are places you can't go back to. Yep. Like, once you go down into those vents, you, you can't get back up. And there's no continue, so if you stop halfway through a game, you will be starting right from the beginning again. Yeah, but I mean... It's a free marketing thing. Oh, yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't surprised to see it had some rough edges. I, I, I think I just got to a point where I was like, oh, I just found my first secret, and it's listed as, um, what was it, item two of four? Yes. To unlock unannounced game trailer two. I was like, oh <laughs> I missed... god, I probably lost seven other things <laughs> at least. Oh no. Um, so I started trying to play through it again. I was like. I can't skip the trailers. 
Yeah, like there should be an option for skipping the trailers the there second is, time is, through. There, I thought you have to watch a certain amount of it. Ah, I knew you could exit. I didn't realize you had to watch a certain amount first. Yeah, that's yeah. It was a bit frustrating to go. I want to see what the secrets were. I don't care. <laughs> I, d- I don't uh, care that much. <laughs> well, there we go. That's Devolverland yeah. Expo. What else have you played? Oh, there's one thing I've mainly played this week. Should we yes. get into? Oh, she's playing. Oh, it. oh, I've I've been playing. I've been playing. Deadly Premonition 2. F. Uh, I, I, I completed it in three days and... Mm, what are three days? Yeah, yeah. So let me get on my little bit of a diatribe. I'm so angry. I'm going to keep it as like succinct as possible. So Deadly Premonition 1. Fun, weird Twin Peaks uh, knockoff that like has its problems. Um, You know... I have my issues with it, but it's it's yeah. it's it's clearly something that's made with a lot of love and sincerity, and a lot of its rough edges are kind of hilarious. Um, I was watching back over footage of people playing it and the weird experiences they had with the first game. There's one where someone tries to ride a car and they're floating one foot to the side of their car while the car moves. Like that's that shit's great. Yeah, um, like there was something really charmingly, endearingly broken about it. Yes, yeah, it, it it was a budget game where they couldn't afford to fix certain things, and they went, "Fuck it, doesn't matter if someone floats outside the car, it's fine." It's um, fine. yeah, Deadly Premonition one. My thoughts on have kind of lessened over time because there's this character called Thomas. Short version: mm-hmm. Thomas dresses up as their sister, and I'm using their here, and I'll get to that in a second. Um. Dresses up as their sister to commit ritual murders of women. Um, it's not great as a yeah. as a thing. Um, the game only ever refers to Thomas with he him pronouns. Never uses a name other than Thomas. Never suggests that it's anything other than uh, cross dressing. In interviews in years since, particularly after the missing came out, which I'll get to in a second, um, Swery has started saying that Thomas was a trans woman. Um, I think that makes Deadly Premonition one worse yeah. in the light of Deadly Premonition <clears throat> two. I'd agree. Yeah, I mean, even so, I still think it makes any from from initial Yeah, worse. yeah, exactly, because it's <sighs> yeah, yeah. Well, we'll, we'll not do... that I think that we should be anywhere we demonising crossdressers either. No, we shouldn't. But equally, like, yeah, it's another step beyond that to be like, ah, yes, the trans community who right now are fighting for very basic rights. Um, because people think yeah. they're predatory. Exactly. Uh, they, they, we, they, you know, we're a danger to women, such mm. as this person here who is a danger to women. Um, then, like five years later, where he releases The Missing, it is a game about a trans character again. Um, this one, a lot better, a lot more respectful, generally. Um, it is quite a hopeful tale told through a dark lens, but it's about, hey... I will find the strength to keep going on even when things are really tough and when the pain seems unbearable. I want to keep on living. I want to get through the other end of this. And it's a positive thing. It was told with, you know, trans consultants on board. Didn't make any major missteps with its trans uh, content. But that same interview I previously mentioned, um, Sweary at one point says that he doesn't think the main character's mother, who was trying to push her into conversion therapy, was wrong for who she that she wasn't wrong for who she was and that's concerning um then we get to deadly premonition 2 and i'm sorry we've taken a bit of an on-ramp to get here so deadly premonition 2 um it captures a lot of the tone of the original deadly premonition Mm -hmm. that sort of like slightly offbeat um weird characters in a in a regular setting 
Um, odd animations. Yeah, like weird, weird animations. Like smiles are very oddly animated, and it's like there, there's a lot of stuff in a lot of the things that made Deadly Premonition one amusing are intact in places in this. Um, it runs infinitely worse, which is weird considering it costs twice as much. Um, yeah. I, I was watching a digital foundry breakdown today of like how bad that frame rate be because I'm like it looked real bad. Um, it can dip as low as four frames a second um, for multiple second chunks. Like it's it's real bad. Um, it is real bad. Yeah. Um, where Deadly Premonition one, it felt sort of like the room. It felt like this very someone making the best thing they possibly could, and it was broken and weird and sincere. And they didn't really know what they were. Yeah. This, in some places, Deadly Premonition 2 feels like, let's do the thing from the first one because it worked in the first one. It feels a bit more like it's trying to capture lightning in a bottle a second time. And I think for the most part it manages, but there are moments where it's like, you're trying to recapture that thing, and it doesn't work as well here because you're trying to do it, rather than this is just how it turned out. Um, Mechanically, much better game. Um, I will give it that. Um, the shooting sections are a lot... The control a lot better. Seemed like the um, skateboard let you go forward in a straight direction. Yes, it did. Which is, all over which the is wonderful. Um, yeah, a lot of the, like, uh, being able to track side quests was so much easier. Being able to sort of... Uh, the whole environment was much more condensed, which meant that you weren't going miles out of your way to find an objective. Mm. But... Uh, let's get to the Let's get to the plot. Let's get to the plot. Um, hmm. York, as a character, is largely the same person he was in the first game. He is, um, he is a bit over obsessed and uh, very knowledgeable about films. Uh, he is his sort of like quirky detective who is solving mysteries, not really out of any actual logic. He's, you know just sort of stumbling through, and his logic doesn't really make sense, but that's kind of endearing. Um, what isn't endearing is the trans content in this game. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Deadly Premonition 2, and I'm going to go into some spoilers here, Deadly Premonition 2 has a trans character called Lena. Lena's whole point is that um, she's Thomas. She's Thomas from Deadly Premonition 1. She is um, she is once again sister-obsessed. Uh, in this case, she goes as far as to impregnate her own biological sister. Um, she once again is a ritual killer of women who is the, like, the penultimate boss of the game, who, you know, is, you know, fills basically the exact same role that Thomas did. Um, initially, I thought that this game was going to be positive in its portrayal of Lena. Um... A couple of townspeople, when they initially bring her up, are like, oh, you don't want to be looking for... If you're looking for a woman, not her. She's not a normal woman as it is, and sort of wink, wink, nudge, know that she's trans. And York goes like, hey, stop being a bigot. He gives this whole speech where he's like, hey, respect trans people. Um, Why the fuck would you think that I would care, um, you know, think less of your town just because someone here is transgender? You should support the trans community, respect their pronouns respect their name, you should you should be good to trans people. And then, ten minutes later, he throws out this trans woman's dead name in a interrogation as a as a gotcha to be like, aha, see, I I know that that's your name. You you are keeping things from people, you're deceitful. Uh it also has like big vibes of um 
I'm taking away your name privileges because you've done a crime. Mm-hmm. Like, big vibes of that. Um, the longer the game goes on, particularly, and again, spoilers, particularly after Lena's death, um, more and more frequently characters will start just deadnaming and misgendering Lena left, right, and centre. Um, at its peak, I think about, probably about 50% of instances where the character's brought up, uh, she's deadnamed or misgendered. Um... It's a real coin flip as to which way it's going to go. A lot of it feels boiled down to... I'm talking about you prior to medical transition, or at the very least before I met you, and in a period of time where I'm not certain if you transitioned yet, I will deadname you and misgender you, which is completely unnecessary. You don't need to do that in narratives. Um, But there are some specific examples where... York definitely knows that she was out as a trans woman at this point in the timeline, and still misgenders and deadnames her. Um, yeah, yeah. A- any any plot that seems relevant to she got someone pregnant and therefore had a penis, um, they they just default to deadnaming and misgendering. It's it's gross and it's not good and it sucks. Um, and also York keeps making racist impressions of a. Um, Skeletal ghost voodoo pre- priest man. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, just just as a point of reference, York in this game does not solve a single piece of this murder himself. Every plot point is, well, the ghost of the skeletal voodoo priest man told me another mystical mystical ghost riddle, and that led me to the killer. Like, he does zero crime solving himself. He just follows the mystical skeleton ghost man's riddles and then does impressions of the of the of the skeletal black man. Um it's gross. It's gross. Yes it is. Um and here's the thing. I could forgive the low frame rate. I could forgive the poor checkpointing in places that got me real frustrated with some of those dungeons that never ended. I could forgive things like the fact that the game will let you pick up items without telling you your inventory's full and we're actually going to throw this away, but we'll let you pick it up and make it look like you picked it up. Like, I could forgive these things, and there are parts of this game that I wanted to really enjoy, but the whole time I was just bracing for, oh god, when's the next bit of anti-trans stuff coming? And it like it lasts right till the very last moments of that game. It, it doesn't stop. Um, Swery has put out an apology... Um, for the trans content of the game. His apology boiled down to, don't hate the characters, I, I'm the one who wrote them, I take responsibility, and I'm like, I, I get what you're saying, but also... Those voice actors chose to do those lines. Yeah, and even even then, like, if we're just talking about like the character as in, like, y- uh, Agent York, yeah. it's going to be hard for me to like that character again, because if... I'm just going to look at their face and go, ah, you deliberately deadnamed a... Like, I know you're a fictional character, but you deadnamed a person in an interrogation as a gotcha. I can't, like, unsee that. Mm. Um, He also says, please continue to support Deadly Premonition, which is a tacky thing to say when you're apologising. He's like, hey, I'm sorry, I I wasn't trying to be mean. I was, you know, I just didn't know. I'm going to get trans consultants on now, and it's going to... We'll fix it, and we'll, we'll update the game. A lot of the problems with this game can't be patched out. Like, you you could go through and you could fix every issue of dead naming and misgendering. You would still inherently have the same plot you had in Deadly Premonition 1 of the predatory trans woman who kills a bunch of women and is way too obsessed with their sister. Mm. And 
Like, the, the sister fucking and the ritual murder of women are not things you can take out of this trans woman's character arc. They are integral to what makes the, the plot progress. Yeah. Um, and, like, I doubt, for example, that they're going to recast the cis man that they have playing this trans woman. Mm. Um, like, there's fundamental things I don't see being changed. Um, and just... You should have had trans consultants in from the first place. You had trans consultants on the missing. It obviously I can't ascribe motive to someone else's choices, but it sure feels like hubris. It feels like I had a game with my name on it that ha- that everyone said was good at trans stuff. Therefore, I don't need to pay trans people again. I get trans stuff now. Okay. That's that's I the have v- solved trans. Yeah, that's the vibe I got off it. Mm. Um. And I've seen a lot of people saying, look, give Sweary some... Cut, cut Sweary some slack. It wasn't malicious, he just didn't know. And my response to that is, this is the third game... As a cis, a cis man who is a game developer, this is the third game in a decade where you've had a prominent trans woman character. And two-thirds of those are sister-obsessed danger to women, uh, who is, you know, your penultimate antagonist. Like... You know that you that, that trans consultants are a thing you can do because you did it with the missing. You just chose not to here. And if you're still getting these basic issues, like, if this was your first game with a trans character, I'd go, okay, you didn't know. Because it's not like somebody hasn't blatantly brought this up at some point. Yeah, like, like, all of the complaints people have right now, or, or most of the complaints people have right now about Deadly Premonition 2's trans uh, character are complaints people had about Thomas. Yeah. In the first game. Like, it is beat for beat the same problems. Mm. Like, if you're going to keep putting a minority group in your game, you have a responsibility to do the reading and to 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 learn. Because you can't be on your third time having a trans character in your game and go, Ah, oh, I didn't know that I wasn't supposed to misgender and deadname them. Like, you can't get away with Oopsie. that a decade into putting trans characters in exactly. your games. Yeah. Ugh. And breathe. Yeah. There are bits of that game that I wanted to love. There are bits of it that are really, like, that capture the magic of the first one. But, like, I had a miserable time spending three days slogging through that game. And I, even post-patch, I don't have any desire to recommend it to people. Um, Which is a real real shame. Because I was looking forward to having a weird, silly, sweary game to have a fun laugh about for a few days. You know, you know how it be. Uh, I think I hit all the points there. Sorry, that was a bit of a that was a bit of a no, ramble. That's that fine. One. Had had it was important. People need yeah. to know. Go check out youtube.com forward slash Laura K Buzz where I did a big twenty five minute video about this that is all edited and fancy and has gameplay and stuff. Mm-hmm. Thank you, Justin, for editing my way too long video this week. Um, what about you? What have you played this week? Oh, we're still unplayed. Goodness. Uh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'm being silly. Uh, yeah, I played Meltdown. Tell me about Meltdown. It's a action RPG. You have a gun, you shoot things, robots come out of the floor. Oh, I saw you playing this yeah, one, yeah. it's sort of procedurally generated. Yeah, sort of isometric perspective. Yeah, it's alright. Yeah. It, it killed a couple of hours for me. Yeah, n- nothing about it grabbed you as, like... I think it was when I got to, like, level 9 and the tile set was still the same. Okay. Like, uh, can we have 
like we've had some new characters, but it's starting to feel real fucking samey. Okay, that's I I can see why that would be a bit yeah. Like I like games with upgrades. I enjoy an upgrade. Yeah, but it was just like I don't care. <laughs> I don't care, and I'm bored of this now. So I probably won't go back to that. But no um, yeah, it's got quite a nice little cell shaded art yeah. style. And maybe it's alright in multiplayer. Yeah. Uh the only other thing I've been playing is I've been playing more Binding of Isaac. Um I've started fighting against a boss called the Lamb, and I defeated that, and then I got this option to do a thing called a victory lap, where I keep like most of my equipment from the last run and start over way too overpowered. Uh but basically you got a bit of a time limit, go, 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 keep doing it, keep doing it. And each, the more times you do the victory lap, like, the more of your stuff it takes away from you. So, like, you start with, like, practically your whole loadout on the next run, and by, like, the, the third or fourth victory lap, like, key stuff that was very important to your build is being taken away, and it's like, okay, okay, I'm going to be struggling a bit now. I still thought it was really cool that you managed to, you know, do a two and a half hour run. I had a, I had a Binding of Isaac run that was two and a half hours long, and it was amazing. I think my average is like two and a half minutes. Yeah, I had a two and a half hour long run. It was fantastic. Um, I started as a Zazel, then at some point I became the Lost, which is this little ghost. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it has zero health, uh, so if it takes a single hit, it dies. Thankfully, I had this item called the Holy Mantle, which each room gives you one free hit of invincibility. Right. Uh, and I had, like, nine lives from a previous run. And the whole thing with the Lost is every time you get a Devil Room, you can just take the stuff from the Devil Room for free. Cool. Um, without having to give up hearts. And I'd already picked up a Devil Room upgrade that was every floor you get a Devil Room. Ooh. So every, it worked out really nicely. So every floor I was just like, yep, I'll have all of those, all of those, all of those. Wow. Um, I was, I was, it was a bit ridiculous at, at one point. It was great. <laughs> nice. Um, I, I'm probably going to evolve that, um, that run and stick it as just a big YouTube video because it was, yeah. it was a heck of a thing. Yeah, everyone see what the seed was on that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm to try that one myself. Tee hee hee. Yeah. Um, you played anything else? I played one other thing. Yeah. Um, I played The Beast Within, a Gabriel Knight mystery. Oh. Oh, tell us about that. It's a Sierra Interactive point 1990s point-and-click FMV game. Right. It's amazingly <laughs> bad. <laughs> um, so, weird wannabe, very American author um, from the first game is hmm. back. And now he's living in Schlossritter, in, um, just on the outskirts of Bavaria. Hmm. And the villagers are like, there's werewolves. He's like, cool, I'll go and look into the werewolves. So he goes and looks into the werewolves. And it's a mystery. And you meet some very suave German men in a hunting lodge. Uh, And at some point there's werewolves. (gasps) Um, This was one of the first games I ever bought with my own money. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, when I was working at a ru- as a runner in central London. Ah, yeah, yeah. Um, so I, I just got off the train one day and I was like, just going to pop into Virgin, Virgin Megastore <laughs> and see what games they got. Oh, Gabriel Knight. Sure, I'll give that a try. I enjoyed Phantasmagoria. <laughs> Should not have been playing Phantasmagoria at 13. Probably not. No. But because I was tall, I could always buy like 18 rated games. So, yeah. Um... Yeah, got that. That was fun. <laughs> um, and I've had it on Steam for ages, but I've not never bothered trying to play it. Because I just thought, that's never going to run without a lot of hassle. 
maybe sorting out, you know, some kind of extension. Yeah. Let's see what do. Uh, it's the version. It's like the version I would expect to find on GOG. It's got DOSBox built into it. Okay. It runs straight away. You can just click on it and it goes. Yeah. Nice. Like, oh, okay. Well, I guess I'm streaming that. Yay. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, it's very silly. Like, uh, the acting is appalling. I wouldn't expect anything else. Uh, it's, like, as Becky was saying, like, every scene in this in this game looks like a bad gif. <laughs> Just at full screen. Ah, <laughs> uh, FMV games, they were quite a thing. Indeed they were. Well then. Time for this. July 14th, the year of our Lord 2020. My love, it feels like it's been so long since I've seen you in person. I've looked at photographs, but it's not the same. I... Miss being near you, being with you, being in you. Your warmth, your just so full of life. Always so fun to be around, so warm and loving. I so miss just running my hand through your long grass and rubbing myself against trees suggestively. Oh, nature. Oh, until we can be together again, perhaps next year, when we can frolic together. My darling, yours in love and caring. Always, Camilla. Are you overstimulated? Yeah. Exhausted? Uh-huh. Is your blood sugar low? Probably. Struggling with your mental health? Uh-huh. Have a cry. Uh-huh. It's important to feel your feelings, and there's nothing wrong with a good cry. Uh-huh. You deserve a judgment-free cry, uh-huh. and that includes judging yourself. Uh-huh. Have a cry. Uh-huh. So, <gasps> what have you put in your eye meats? Uh, should we should we start with the thing that we sort of referenced in the played section? We watched the uh, Devolver Digital Direct, yes. the their E3 ish conferency thing they do every yes. year. Yes, um, Nina lives. Pardon? Nina oh, lives. Nina lives. Um, yeah, with, without like spoiling this too much for anyone who hasn't got around to seeing it. Um, Devolver always do a press conference and they're always very silly, very violent. Um, they always sort of poke fun at the video game industry. Um, this year's main targets were, hey, absolutely everyone's doing digital directs now because E3 isn't a thing. And, oh my god, we're getting oversaturated with too many games and too many trailers and too many And we don't have much to announce, but we're going to keep um, announcing things. Yes, there was a wonderful segment of uh, announcements for things that don't exist. I want Sonic Fox's Fur Fighters 4. Yes, same. Make that thing. Um, and, mm, yes, they, they built up to Devolver Land with um, a really moving, passionate speech about how people, you know deserve better than this endless cycle of being hyped to forever forever and being the eternal consumers and need to you know expect better from the industry be hyped be hyped be hyped be hyped buy the game consume it in an hour be hyped yeah. be hyped be hyped anyway here's our hype game buy yeah. the game that is uh, us trying to hype you but it's playable and that's different to watching a thing yeah. <laughs> you're at least playing something when you consume the hype this time we got some nice uh, gameplay trailer reference jokes yes um I think my favourite part of the whole thing may have been, ah, we got Shuhei Yoshida from Sony, we got Phil Spencer from Microsoft, and we have uh, my uncle who works at Nintendo. Of course. Yeah, that was that was a particular highlight. I very much enjoyed his <laughs> insights. Um, he had wonderful things to share. Hell yeah. Yeah. It was a fun time as ever. They had like four trailers to show off and they 
made it last 40 minutes and I had a great time. Yeah, I, w- I was surprised actually that when we got into Devolverland's expo, that there were trailers that I don't think were all mentioned in Oh, definitely show. not. Yeah, like Weird West didn't like, have a trailer. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Thing. Like, yeah. where was this? Because that would have been extra time, I guess. Yeah, well, I, I feel like part of it was they wanted to have something that was in the game to have an excuse to be as like, hey. well as the three unlockable. Yes, yes. Is they wanted to have like, hey, here's an example of like, there is stuff in here that wasn't in the direct. Have a poke around. Um... Also, I've watched the Ubisoft one and I spent the entire thing um, live-tweeting announcements all with the start of the tweet being Ubisoft, who have decided tonight not to share uh, news of their allegations against uh, of, of sexual sexual. Uh, uh, sexual abuse from their staff. Because they put a tweet out like an hour before that conference to go... Not using uh, the hashtag. Not using the hashtag, of course, because like, being like, oh, we're very sorry, but because this is pre-edited, we couldn't address the allegations of abuse... Uh, sorry. It's like it's, it's pre-edited, which means you could you could stick uh, Eve's Gimmo in front of a webcam for two minutes right. to go. Hey, we recognise that there's a lot of allegations against our company right now and staff, and we're taking them very seriously. And while we want you to have fun with the games tonight, like we're not unaware of the situation we're in. You know, mm-hmm. just that. And I was a bit pissed off that they were like, "No, we're just going to pretend it never happened." Um, also. If you're trying not to acknowledge um, assault allegations, maybe don't have one of your um, one of your new game announcements be about um, assaulting a castle and causing you to have to say the word assault over and over and over and over and over. It was not a good. Um, that is a word you've really wanted to avoid in this conference, and mm. you didn't. Uh, they what, did a bad job. They did. What about you? What have you been watching? Uh, I've watched a lot of 12-tone videos. Yeah? Yeah. Um, do you know 12-tone? I don't know if I do. So they do music analysis on YouTube. Okay. Um, like, from not just from a theory point of view, but like, hey, this tune is a tune that everybody likes, and obviously there's a lot of music theory, and it's like, hey, why does this work? Yeah. Breaking down own tunes. There, there was one I listened to the other day that was um, Aretha Franklin's uh, Respect. Yeah. Didn't know. Not originally her tune. Yeah. Very, very differently her lyrics, very yes, differently yes. like her song and made it her own later on. But like, yeah. and how it works and why it works and how simple it is. Yeah. It's like, there's a lot. And <laughs> at one point he mentions that um, in that, in, in the uh, Respect one specifically, was like, you know what? That There's not a lot the instruments are doing right here. They're all kind of just making way for Aretha. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Who has an incredible voice. So, yeah. Just, just we won't we won't distract from what she's doing mm-hmm. and yeah it's lots of like music theory stuff about like picking apart tunes they yeah. did quite a good one about um chop suey recently oh yeah yeah and then just stuff about hey here's a weird little music thing that i didn't understand when i started this channel mm. several years ago but i've studied a lot more music since and now i can explain it yeah. um yeah just things like that I've been very heavily into music theory of late. I, I've <laughs> noticed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> playing around with your musics. Well, I'll get to that in a minute. Yeah. Uh, what, what else have you listened to? Uh, uh, well, we're unwatched. Even, even we're though unwatched. we're talking about music, but we have watched. I forgot. Yeah. So we're um, talking about 12 well, I'm about yeah. to talk about another music thing in Watched. Um, <laughs> I've watched Hamilton through like twice in a row and I kind of want to watch it again. I've been watching the, the 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 filming of the stage show of Hamilton, and um, how do I put this? 
So it clearly isn't trying to be historically accurate, and it, you know, as as a show about the American founding fathers, it glosses over some stuff about like some of these characters own slaves. That and is really revisionist in other ways. Yeah, it, it's revisionist in a lot of ways, and like it is, it is. A musical that is essentially around uh, American exceptionalism um, at a time when American exceptionalism maybe needs to turn itself down a bit. Maybe. Yeah, Just a little bit. yeah, a little bit. But I'll I'll say this: if you if you consume Hamilton through the lens of this is a story, this is not accurate, this is not how things went down, this is a set of characters used to tell to tell a tale. It is a very well told story. It has some very very catchy and some very powerful musical numbers. It is beautifully acted. There are some fantastic performances in it. Um, I mean, I it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I recognise it's a problematic fame and it has its, you know, complaints that can be levied uh, levied against it. No show should be costing between $200 and $800 for a fucking ticket and this is why uh, more Broadway shows with their original cast need to have proper recordings that are just sold so people can actually afford to see a Broadway show's original performance when it's still culturally relevant. Nationalise Hamilton. Um, I mean, just just generally, like, here's the thing. If you, if you don't have original cast filmings of, say, Hamilton, Dear Evan, ha- uh, Dear Evan Hansen, shit like that, people will just watch bootlegs. And you're not going to get the same experience out of a bootleg. It's just not going to be the same. Um, but yeah, as much as I'm aware, like it's a revision, a revisionist history of some stuff. I still think it is a fantastic work of musical theatre. I think that it has nary a song that I don't like in it. it it's it is just solid hit after solid hit. It's very catchy, and I know it well enough that I can sort of tune it out while I work, which is why I've gone through it. This three-hour musical, like, twice. I only know the polka version. Indeed. Um, I, I I have watched it multiple times, and I'm already like, I, 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 I could watch it again. I, I could watch it again. So, if at any point you're like, I'm curious about this piece of revisionist history, don't worry. I'm ready to watch it again. <laughs> Sold. Um... Yeah. What about you? What else have you watched this week? Back on music theory. Yeah. <laughs> I finished my music theory course. Ooh. So I've now done music theory for electronic musicians 1, 2, 3, and 4. Yeah. Uh, the Literally just before we started recording this, I finished... Um... <laughs> Let me find it. Hastily scrolls for what you've been watching. <laughs> uh, sound Design 102 using synthesis for music production. Yeah. I know how it uses synths now. I know yeah, the commonalities you, between any kind of synth. You've been making some real cool sounds with with music making programs because you've been Just learning like lots about played on music. Yeah, you you've been learning lots about music and then making music. I I spent a couple of months studying music theory, and now I have a copy of FL Studio. And you you make good chip tune. I made a chip tune. It was a very good chip tune. It was a very good chip tune. Yeah, I produced this on myself. Yeah, I was like. Oh. Um, um, I, I learn things and I understand things and I can see where I put things I learn into practice. We have the musician in the house, yay! <laughs> and everybody was like, why haven't you got Brady the Corinthians Strangers theme? 
Because it's perfect as it is. <laughs> it is It is perfect and it has lyrics in my brain and I never want to change it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that's been a lot of fun. And if, if you do want to listen to the track I made, you'll have to find um, the Nick Flair on Twitch. He's uh, his, his streaming music that yeah. I made him for. Made for him. <laughs> so you can listen to that when he's next streaming. Go follow him. Yeah. He'll be very pleased with the company. Heck. Uh, we're still on watch, don't we? Yeah, have you watched anything else? Uh, we've watched lots of Star Trek, uh, uh, The Next Generation. We've nearly finished season one of TNG. Thank goodness. Um, like, there are some great episodes in it, but there's also some just horrifying crap. Yeah, there's that episode that I thought was really good, uh, the, the whole one where it's like, hey, is it, uh, here's this really interesting debate about these two planets, and one of them is clearly exploiting the other planet for its own uh, gain, and... Uh, the question of the Prime Directive and, like, is it moral to stand back when we could help this civilization that is clearly being exploited? But at one point in the middle, it just turns into a ramble about how all drugs are bad. Drugs are bad, and drugs, drugs are bad. Um, also, it is, it is, it is a travesty that we live in a world in which Wesley Crusher survives season one of TNG. But, but Tasha Yar does not. No. That should not be a thing. I was sh- like, as soon as I saw, like, that, that black oil rolling over the sand, I was like, fuck me, skin of evil's in season one. What? Yeah, you, 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 no, fucking take Wesley. <laughs> take Wesley. Take Someone Wesley. push him in. Leave, leave me this girl with her cute haircut. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, I was really shocked. Fuck Rick Berman. Um, <laughs> yeah, I was, I was so shocked. I was like, I'm sure she was in more of this. Yeah, yeah, I'm I'm disappointed to see her go. I think it's just the fact that season one is probably the the series I've seen seen most repeated. Yeah, because at one point I think they were showing like three episodes a night on Sky One. Oh gosh, um, lot lots of introducing concepts that we've seen in Voyager and uh, in Voyager and um, Deep Space Nine. Yeah, as like aha time particles. And, oh chronotons. Yes. Uh, Love a good chronoton. Here's, here's the holodeck, and here's a chronoton, and here's a Ferengi. Yeah, here's here's the getting locked in the uh, the, the the holodeck episodes. Yeah, <laughs> we've had our first Dixon Hill. Yeah, so one one of the few things that carried over to at least one of the movies. Yeah, mm-hmm. enjoy that later. I mean, I'm so far enjoying TNG. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, let's let's not with some of these episodes. Yeah. Because, oh my. It's not as consistently great as, say, Voyager, which we just watched. It gets so much better. Like, um, I was look- look, trying to remember the name of an episode earlier. It's called Chain of Command. It's not until season six. And it's absolutely incredible. Yeah. It was when he brought up the whole, like, Patrick Stewart's a fucking good actor. Huh? I was like, mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm... Here's the thing. The the level of the... the um... The percentage of episodes that are good is high enough that I'm willing to keep going and to see this grow. It's only going to get better. Yeah, yeah. It's already okay. It's already good. Yeah, yeah. It's it's not it's not Voyager levels right now, but like I can see it's it's going. And I think we've got through most of the episodes where, like, even seeing the first few seconds of it, I will sit there and groan and go, "Oh God, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to watch." This one, the oh. one they were forced to apologise for. Yeah. Is bad. Hopefully, we've made it through most of those. It seems like. Yeah. Uh, I think that's everything I watched. That's everything I've watched. Well, then, time, time for, for this. Laura, Laura, we've got a new sponsor. 
Who's our new sponsor? Well, do you like engaging with capitalism? I mean, I do it begrudgingly, not out of choice. Would you like to make ten million pounds per day working from your own home on your own schedule? Like these very real, definitely uh, not actor people. Well, I mean, I would, because like I could work one day and then never have to worry about engaging with capitalism again, but I somehow... No, surely you'd do it every day, wouldn't you? No, I, I don't think I would need more than 10 million. Maybe I would work a week. Just get a week done, maybe, if I'm really feeling, you know, like I could help some other people. But yeah, what? what, what mm, yeah, those, those real people, huh? Real people. Probably. That's yeah. what the copy says. I mean, I'm pretty sure I've seen that same person in an infomercial recently. Like, I'm pretty sure they're not... Wait, is that the Slap Chop guy? Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's the Slap Chop guy. Huh. Yeah. yeah I hadn't thought about that. Also, Lit Mobile, I think. One of the people that had, had the Lit yeah, Mobile. Yeah, and also, that house they're in, that, it's always in music videos. It's rented accommodation. They don't own that. Uh... I mean, I would like to make $10 million a day, though. Well, apparently you just head over to... Entrepreneurpyramid.lol.net. That's a very suspicious website. What? You don't like pyramids? They're such a strong structure. Yeah. Entrepreneurpyramid.lol.net. Enter the code QNPS126 and. It's not very clear about what you actually get. They want, like, your email address, first and last name, date of birth. Credit card. Security Why questions? do I need my credit card details for the, a job I'm going to make $10 million thing on? Um, like, surely they're making enough money that they don't need my money? Head on over to Suspicious Website. Don't go there. Don't do, don't it. do it. Don't do it. If it seems too good to be true, it's probably too good to be true. What we need to do is tax billionaires and millionaires, and we'll all have Patreons where we all give each other a dollar a month. Or we just tear down capitalism so no one needs to click on a link that says $10 million a day. $10 million a day, because nobody needs that. No. Enterprise pyramid, entrepreneur pyramid, don't do it. Inside the boardroom of Electronic Active Softworks. Hi. 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 So, um, uh, the news has not been uh, particularly uh, positive about our company recently. No, no. No, we've had all those uh, members of staff that uh, were under investigation and, oh no, they they, they quit. It's oh, so bad for them. Oh no. You know, we're not, we're not dealing with anything, but... Uh, no, I mean, I think we put out one of those sincere JPEGs. Yeah, like, we're giving them severance packages so they just get a walk away. It's easy yeah, for them, yeah, but, like, yeah. you know, they, people keep expecting us to, like, you know, do something and say something. Here's the problem. Yeah. We're supposed to be having our big uh, conference this yeah. weekend where we announce all the games and we do all the things. Yeah. And we get excited. And we don't want anyone watching that to remember about the allegations. We right. want them to just focus on the, the hype, the marketing, the video game. Right, right. But at the same time, I know we need to not remind them of these things, but we do have that new mechanic in, the, in that uh, big open world game we do. Yeah. That is a mechanic about assaulting your way through stuff. Uh, right. Taking the big solid cylinder and ramming it against the thing. The to, unyielding... Yeah, yeah. You know, it doesn't, doesn't want to get opened up, but it's no. going to get opened up by the big thing we're hitting yeah. against it as we assault the, the thing. Yeah. So what's wrong with that? Well, some in marketing have pointed out that yeah. if our company name 
appears next to the word assault, it might cause Google searches to lead them to the thing we don't want. Right. So we need just different words. Yeah, yeah. So, like, what what can we call it? Uh, um, surprise entry. Su- yeah, yeah. I'm sure there'll be no problem with that. Yeah. Yeah. We're just surprisingly, surprisingly entering the castle without, uh, without the castle owner's consent. Yeah. Um, just pillage. Yeah, yeah. That, that sounds great. That sounds yeah. great. Um, exactly. We just, we just shouldn't say the word assault. Yeah. You know, when... We do the thing. Even though in the game it is going to be called the assault mechanic. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, because that's what it is. Yeah. Because that's what it is. It's It's right there in the dictionary. Yeah. You're forcefully entering, you know, regardless whether they want it or not. Yeah. I mean, that is what castles are for, right? Yeah. Yeah. No. Like, that is their purpose. Yeah. Okay. As long as we don't use that word, I think we're going to be fine. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I I think you're right. You are a fucking genius. I know. Huh. Oh god, they started googling it again. Uh, can we get like another one of those gameplay trailers? Out? Ah, no, no, look at the there old, we look, go. Oh, it's in 4K. There, there, we, there we go. go. Yeah. So, huh, what have you slid into your ear meets? Uh, I listened to a couple of songs this week. Um, I, I mean, if if I'm honest, most of what I listened to this week was more lo-fi, chill, hip-hop beats to study and relax to, and because I am still trying to get a book draft written by the end of July, and as such, I need a lot of things without words. But I did listen to some new songs. Um, do you want me to go through them all in one go, or uh, back and forth with you? Like... Go, go through them all, then. Okay. Uh, I listened to a track called I'm Not a Good Person there by Pat the Bunny. Pat the Bunny. Yeah. How are you doing, Pats? Uh, it's sort of acoustic folk punk with a mask vocalist um, about fixating on the parts of yourself that you dislike and then kind of building them up to be worse than they are. Uh, very relatable, being there. Um, uh, there was a track called D&D is Gay, but so am I, so this tracks, uh, by a band called Newgrounds Death Rugby. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know. I can't explain how they got to that title. Um, uh, it, it starts very gentle and acoustic, but sort of uh, ramps up more into sort of a more of a traditional rock track as it goes. Femme vocalist. About staying up into the early hours of the night playing D&D with your friends. And at the same time, crushing hard, real gay for one of your fellow players. It's kind of sweet. Um... And I listened to a track called Here Comes the End by Gerard Way. Oh, heck. Oh, he's making some music. Yeah. Mainly because the Umbrella Academy Season 2 comes out at the end of this month, and this is a song for that. Um, but it, it's got a very sort of upbeat rock energy. Um, very fittingly for where we are at as a planet right now. Lyrically, it's about trying to survive the end of the world and be like, hey, let's let's try and keep our chin up while everything's burning around us. Mm. I'm like, yeah, that's that's a song that would get written in 2020. Yeah. yeah. What about you? What have you been listening to? Um, well, I listened to Neil Ciceregi's Mouth Moods again. Yeah. Just fancied a bit of Neil. Yeah. I wanted some weirdness. And, like, sound design... Like, yeah. there's someone who knows how to, to build that wall of sound. Mm, to sort of layer things. Just to layer things in a really interesting way. Um, and not necessarily with, like, original music and stuff, or just, like, the way of fitting things together. I think it does a really good job. Um, particular favourites on this 
on this listening because it seems to change every time. Still love Florcorn. Yeah. Um, Bustin, obviously. Yeah. Um, Wallspin. Which one's that? Um, it's the one with you spin me right round, right. Oh yeah, right yeah, round, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's Wonderwall's lyrics. Yes, yes. Um, and the other one was um, Smooth, mm. which is um, Bare Naked Ladies One Week lyrics, and the music is Smooth Criminal. Oh yes. There's there's something else in the, uh, the in the in there at the end as well, but it's like, huh. That's really well put together, Neil. Good job. And uh, Shit, which is the final track on there. Yeah. Because that just layers things amazingly. It's it's a it's a fascinating album. It builds and builds and builds. Yeah, I, I would love to hear more Neil Sister Radio music. I mean, I wouldn't we all? Because it's been, what, two or three years now, I think, I since that dropped? I suppose so, yeah. Thanks, Austin Yorsky, for the recommendation. <laughs> um, yeah, anything else? No, that's everything that's I listen to. I listened to about seven hundred synth presets while yeah. trying to, and then ended up just designing my own. Any of them you'd like to tell us about, or just I listen to a lot of synths. I listen to a lot of synths. I I, I found a way of taking two uh, square waves, uh, two sawtooth waves, yeah, one sawtooth, one inverted sawtooth, and putting them together, slightly detuning them so it makes a phase panning square wave. Ooh. Ooh. Good for like Sid style sounds. Nice. Uh, if you're trying to make something a bit chippy in Commodore 64y, which yeah. I was. <laughs> um, yes, well then. Time for this. Hello and welcome to another episode of My Your Business! Well, we've got three lovely contestants here tonight and we're going to be showing them a little video. And now every time you see something that you think is very, very wrong, I want you to buzz in. And we'll tell you if you want some points, or the audience will tell you if you should mind your business. Okay, a bit of a controversial one here. We've got a video of a public bathroom. Don't worry, nothing inside the stalls. But uh, we're just going to watch uh, just watch what happens. Okay, and run the tape. Uh, yeah, what have you got? Um, um, well, that's the ladies' room, and it looks like... Well, it looks like that person shouldn't be going in... And uh, what do the audience say? Mind your, your business! That's right, everyone, it's seen. That's a mind your business. So you lose some points there. Let's keep going on with the video. <laughs> Um, I think I think that one there with the with the short hair and and then the the sort of very very finely cut suit actually I don't I don't know if they're supposed to be in here. Oh, and uh, what have the audience got to say there? Mind your business. That's right. Okay, just a a few seconds left on this one. Let's see how we do now. Oh, okay, and what have you got? Oh, uh, there's someone who's, like, clearly hassling someone in the line and, and giving them a hard time for their choice of bathroom. That's absolutely right. If you see somebody who you're not sure if they belong in their bathroom, mind your business! That's what that person should be doing. You win yourself a brand new Fiat Punto. Oh, wonderful. If only I could drive. Right, I'm clocked in. I'm clocked in. Um, hi, evening. Oh my god, it's been a hell of a shift. Yeah, yeah, Ugh. yeah. Do you wanna, do you wanna catch me up on what we've, what, what's, what's been through tonight and what we've got coming up? Okay, so we've got uh, bed four, 
Yeah. Uh, they're just... The, the whole face seems to have just caved in on itself. Oh. It's just eyeballs and teeth. Oh, no. They're oh. still talking? Yeah, they don't seem to be too bothered. They seem, don't seem to have realised. Yeah, but it's horrifying to look at. Yeah. 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 Um, and then, okay, just want to grab the chart. Yeah. Uh, okay, we've got uh, this one over here in bed six. Uh, they clipped through a cart. Oh. Yeah, the the the, the, yeah, the they fire brigade managed to saw most of the cart out, but the... That is still right through them. Yeah, it's not like they've broken through it. It the the two are just occupying the same space, huh? Yeah, it's it's pretty gruesome. All right, what have we got? What have we got the next one? Okay, um, this one is having some breathing difficulty. Apparently, uh, their hair clipped through their body and entered their lungs. Oh God, they didn't try and put on some kind of fancy hair effects or something like tress effects, did they? But they've just got very long hair and it doesn't seem like the... The collision sorted The collision was properly. sorted, like, at all. Ah. Uh, yeah, there's bits of their clothing stuck in there as well. Yeah, I can and see. I mean, like, properly stuck in there. We uh, we cut some of it off, but goodness. I mean, that one in the bed at the end looks fine. Oh, oh, yeah, that's uh, Mrs. Jones. She's been talking with the voice of the bishop... Oh, all afternoon. Oh, and she's... sometimes she clucks like a chicken. Oh, she's just not got the right voice. Files, yeah, her so... voice lines are just. Uh... Oh, Ugh. well, I'm handing it over to you. Another beautiful day in Bethesda Hospital. <sighs> questions, sir. Let's have questions. What's the questions? Uh, Fancy Wookie asks, "What is the worst thing you've seen that turned out to be cake?" Oh, mm. I. The worst one was the raw chicken that was cake. My answer would be, I don't care. It turned out to be cake. It's all good. It's it's all cake. I mean, that's how we feel generally about most of these, but there is a mental barrier over that's raw meat that makes me not able to enjoy the fact that that's cake. That one, it's too slick. It looks too much like slick raw chicken. You just peel the fondant off. Then there's cake inside. I know, I know. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I'm not a big fan of fondant at the best of times, so it's like, mm, yes, I will peel the chicken. Oh, it was cake. Lovely. <laughs> uh, Dungeon Kitty asks, soup or no soup? Soup. Soup. Soup, Great. please. Yeah, thank you. With lots of bread to, to dunk in Ooh, it. Oh, good, 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 good crusty bap. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh, oh crusty bap. <laughs> Uh, Larry Yelling NB asks If you're a language teacher And part time plastic surgeon Can you give people semicolons? <laughs> you can But they will be full of shit much quicker <laughs> uh, Tricky asks Dungeons or dragons? Why do I have to choose? I can dress up as a dragon if you like <laughs> I mean if I have to pick between the two Dungeons are cold and dark And dra- dra- dragons can fly you around Dragons are the superior choice and I have always had the desire to fly on a harness slung under a dragon. Yeah, that sounds wonderful. Uh, <laughs> not finishing that thought. <laughs> uh, Maggie J. Evans asked, Is there anything about the previous console generations you miss? Feature designs or philosophies which have fallen out of favour? I I know that no one made games for it, but I loved the, the, the Wii U's whole concept of you can have a bunch of your information down on a screen in your hands and stuff on the on the TV and not have to pause the game. I mm. liked that. I liked that core concept. I liked some of the game things it, it made possible. And mm. 
I'm kind of sad that no form of second screen play continued beyond the Wii U. Hmm. What about you? Just consoles that you can just chuck about a bit. Yeah. Like, SNES has lasted forever. I'm pretty sure most of them are still going now. Yeah. Um, oh, so is this just like, any older generation? It's as older, it's as previous generations. So oh, I misheard. I'm, I thought you meant last generation. Um, yeah, also like GameCubes. They were sturdy as fuck. Yeah. Just, just, just some, some sturd, because I'm a clumsy bitch. Uh, okay, so if we're not looking at specifically the last generation, I miss handhelds that were deliberately made so ridiculously small you could fit them in a in an actual pocket, like but not Game Gear Mini. Well, small. N- no, not that small. <laughs> but like uh, the Game Boy, the Game Boy Advance SP was a good pocket size. Oh, um, the Game so Boy Micro, good. even the Game Boy Micro was great. Never uh, Game Boy Pocket. I I love like hey. Give me, give me just like a stupidly small version of this thing that I can just have almost as a novelty to 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 carry around. Give me a, give me a Switch Mini. Give me a Switch that I can realistically fit in a pocket. I want a Switch the size of a Game and Watch. Yeah, exactly. Go. I I don't care. I'll have to squint. I'll work it out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, next question is from Becky Tuhill. Hi, Becky. Hi, Becky. Hi, Becky. Uh, bad uses for pseudocreme. You what? Bad, bad uses, uses for pseudocreme. Uh, Covering the floor. Covering your carpeted floor. That's a bad use of pseudocreme. Coffee creamer. Oh, um, mix it into cake mix. That'd be a bad use. Pancake syrup. Yeah. Although, the more I talk about this and I'm like, ah, oh, don't mix it into food, I'm like, you probably shouldn't, but it might taste it and make it taste like root beer. <laughs> mm. It's basically the same. Mix fucking... it into root beer. <laughs> <laughs> you should not do this. You should not consume this thing. Um... It's... Make potato salad with it instead of mayonnaise. <laughs> <sighs> Tell kids it's the new Tide Pods. <laughs> What's the next question? Leas, uh, Leaside Plath asks, masks with the little cat face, with the little three cat face, yeah. or an Owu, which are more cursed? Neither, they're both adorable. They are both adorable. Um, the only cursed face mask I've seen is... Uh, do you know what I mean when I say the Ahago face? No. Um, it's those gross shirts you might have seen where it's... it's oh, like the hoodies with uh, the like, yeah, anime it's, girls. It's the anime girl doing the tongue stuck out. like Looking a bit cum drunk. Yeah, yeah. The yeah. Cum, it's the cum drunk face. I've seen cum drunk face masks. Like, well. Like, don't don't in public. That is not appropriate for places where there will be children around. Don't, no, that don't wear your sex shirt in public. Mm-hmm. That is all the questions. Well then, time for this. Indeed. Do you know what I want to see more of? What do you want to see more of? Social justice warriors. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Larry. All right, Barry. How you doing? Yeah, not too bad. Mate. I'm a bit exhausted and yeah. you know. Yeah, it's a lot right now. Yeah, it has been a lot, but you know, I'm. I think overall my mental health has improved. I have been, you know, I'm keeping glad. up on my meds. Yeah, and, and I think overall that has helped with stabilising me a bit. I'm glad you're doing well. I'm glad yeah. you're doing well. I uh, I had a bit of a grumble today. Not yeah. not a major one. I had a little bit of a grumble today. Yeah. I uh, went down to the shops and. Yeah. Uh, 
Once again, absolutely no one here in the UK is wearing uh, masks when they go shopping. Yeah, I, is... I went out myself last week and I, I can say it was my weekly shop. I kept it as late in the day as possible. I could count on one hand out of the several hundred people I saw actually wearing masks. Exactly. And I'll bring this up because, you know, very, very, very much too late. The UK government has finally gone, uh, yep, everyone should be wearing masks. Everyone should be wearing masks when they go shopping, when they go inside buildings that other people, you know, not from their household are in. They should be wearing masks. It's going to be mandatory. In about 10 days' time. In about 10 days' time. And I'm like, first of all, even doing it today would be too late. You should have you should yeah, have made them mandatory. Ago, you know, four months ago, if it was mandatory, we might be in a better place now, and some people who were dead might be alive. But yeah. um, you know, if you if we, we can't go back and do it four months ago. Time travel unfortunately doesn't work that effectively yet. But at the very least, I'll say this: Why are they announcing do it in ten days' time? Tell everyone it's mandatory now. Yeah, that would be slightly clearer messaging that, on the subject. Yeah, yeah. What what is it about the next ten days? We're like, oh well, the next for the next ten days, the next 10 it days are fine. It's not dangerous to go out without a mask, but ten days from now, oh, that's when it's going to get bad. We've got we've got a letter from COVID. It says, uh, you know, yeah, next, co- I'll COVID. give you ten days to knit well, yourself. Well, some actually, masks. COVID's arriving in eleven. Where we we are at least putting them on one day before COVID shows up. Yeah, yeah, you know. Well, uh, obviously we're being ridiculous. Wear a fucking mask now. Yeah, I mean, to be honest, I've been wearing one since the beginning of lockdown. Same here, same uh, here. I, I I, have not left the house without a uh, mask, even if I was just, you know, lie, lie in a hammock outside, you know, with my own property, in months. I'll be honest, I have been out once in about the last two months without a mask on. I had a bit of an ADD slip and walked out of the house and was about 20 minutes away before I realised I wasn't wearing a mask and See, had I've, a bit of a panic and came home. I've had those same slips. I thankfully had them when I was like two minutes out the door and turned yeah. around and came back. You know, it happens because there's that, that bit of your brain that, you know, it's never going to be normal to go, oh, got to get my safety mask on before I head out the door, you know. Yeah, we're not living in fallout just yet. Not quite, you know, I can't see the, the radioactive fallout out the door, but, yeah, you know, but, like, you know, with the exception of a couple of, oops, why does my face feel weird? Oh, yeah, it's not covered by a mask. That's, I'm getting a tan. I'm getting a tan. The bottom half of my face is warm. That's unexpected, yeah. you know. But, uh, yeah, I've, I've, I've religiously tried to wear a mask every time I leave the house for yeah, whatever so. reason, and... It's ridiculous to me that this far into a a global pandemic, that's not the norm. That there are still people who need to have it mandated to put a bit of cloth over their face to maybe protect some lives. Yeah, I mean, it wouldn't take much, would it? You know, just a, just a, just a bit of consideration. But you know, I'm I'm already seeing on Facebook people complaining about you know, oh, why do I have to wear a mask suddenly in a shop? And you know, they're they're not they're letting people go to the pubs without them on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And as the well, you can't drink your pint with a mask on. Well, yeah, exactly. You know, uh, Tim Cook's got to make his money somehow, hasn't he? Yeah, yeah. Gosh, but you know what? The worst, the the big thing about this is, if if you're not wearing a mask already, and you know the the pandemic won't convince you to wear it, let me try and convince you another way. You're not fucking cool in a mask. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. It's fucking end of the world chic. Masks, pretty sexy. Yeah, the number of selfies I've taken in in masks and gone. You know what? 
I look like a fucking end of the world badass. Absolutely. Yeah, you're, you will look awesome in a mask. Absolutely. You're a Molotov cocktail away from, you know, looking like real social change. Oh, indeed. I have certainly taken some selfies where I've gone, oh, yeah, I could definitely, you know, tear down established systems of power like this. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's good, powerful energy. Absolutely, mate. Absolutely. Uh, uh, virtual hug. Virtual hug. Yeah, I think we'll be doing these for a while longer. Yeah. <sighs> Ah, good luck, mate. Good luck. Good luck. Right. Well, uh, yeah, I think I'm going to uh, pop off and uh, put the get on. Yeah. Yeah. yeah have, a have, a, have a cup of tea. I'll also do that. Nice. nice. Solara. Me. Amsterdam. Where can we find you on the internet, darling? Laura K. Buzz in all the places. Twitter, Twitch, YouTube, Patreon. That's the one that pays the bills. LauraKBuzz.com. Uh, every Friday you can catch a new episode of Accessibility on YouTube, which is a show where I talk about video game industry, uh, representation and accessibility. Most of the episodes up until now have been on the, the, the accessibility side, talking about disability stuff, but as I said, this week we have a 25-minute video about swearies, games, and trans representation, and... Um, that is a very lengthy video that I uh, that has taken a lot of work, and it would be really great if people went and checked it out, because I need that one to do some numbers to justify all of the work that went into it. All of the sweary she had to consume. All, all of the, the three days of transphobia, and then the, oh my god, I've written a 4,000 word video script, why did I do this? Um, and the fact that I made Justin edit that video it need, at that length, it, it needs to do a click on it. Uh, other than that, I've got books. There's Uncomfortable Labels, which is about being gay and trans and on the autism spectrum, and it is out right now wherever books are sold or as an audiobook on laurakbuzzstore.com. There is Things I Learned from Mario's Butt, which is a silly and serious coffee table book of video game character butt reviews with a bunch of illustrations and developer interviews and guest critics. That's coming out on February 4th, 2021, because Covid ruined all of the timelines this year. And there is Gender Euphoria, which is an anthology of stories from non-cisgender writers talking about wonderful, positive, happy stories of how being trans was a lovely thing for them. Mm -hmm. uh, other than that, by the time this goes up, Trans Pride Brighton will have happened, Ooh. and I did a little talk that was like seven minutes long uh, about about being happy as a non-cis person and making that part of the narrative of how we talk about our experiences. And that will be up on my YouTube channel by now, uh, youtube.com slash Laura K Buzz. So you can go watch that. I'm quite proud of it. I, I did a bit of a talk. Yeah. Um, other than that, I've got podcasts. There is Pixel Squirt, where I talk about video game character pornography with Mari and Stacey from Geek Remix. There's Podquisition, where we tell you about whether your favourite video games are great or perfect. There's Dice Funk, which is a Dungeons and Dragons podcast. I'm on seasons three, four, five, six, and seven. They're all self contained stories. And I'm on a podcast that I do with you, Jane. Me? Yeah. Do I'm you know on a podcast. Yeah, which one do you do with me? You're going to do it. I can see the look on your face. Well, we're on a show. Yeah. We're on a show where we try and do funny things. Yeah. And entertain people. Yeah. Uh, in a fun way. Is it called Queer and Pleasant Strangers? No, it's called Polyamory. Ah. <laughs> ah. Ah. Haha! <laughs> See, that's how it has. You, you just do the rule of repeating it several times, and then people expect it. And so that 
Yeah, yeah, you, you, you got me. It's 5th edition real play... It's a 5th edition real play podcast evil campaign. Uh, yeah, you play a powerful Duragar yeah. who's covered in tattoos and worships an evil entity. And then there's Dusty, who's a Dustinassi, who wants nothing more than to find a fairy dragon. And there's D-Lasker, who just... Just wants to deceive people and, and make money and things and pretend to be all the coolest people. Like parking the null. Uh, episode 8 of this uh, of that will have gone up the day before this goes up. So you can you can listen to all of season 2 and season 1 if you want. Ooh. Although you don't have to because there's like a whole like catch up episode that I did for the beginning of season 2. Yeah. So you don't have to. I've summarised the whole thing in 45 minutes. Ah, oh, heck. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I think that's, uh, that's that. Uh, I also make t-shirts. I have a Twitter. I have a YouTube. I have a Patreon. That's the one that pays my bills. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help me justify a 70-hour work week. Woo! These podcasts don't edit themselves. No, they do not. No, they do not. Um, yeah, so head on over to those. Sometimes I write things. There is There is a link to that. All of my links can be found. At streamerlinks.com slash janiac. That's J-A-N-E-I-A-C. Or on patreon.com slash monkey radio. I need to get that one in now because it's yeah, very important. Do that. Get some, some pennies there. Please, please. Support this one who I make a thing. I all my money on Udemy courses. <laughs> oh. Well then. Laura, my darling. <laughs> you sing us out. Until next time. Be a stranger. <laughs> mm.